What if all you needed to get better in every way was available at the touch of a hand or the sound of a voice or even a vibration? Let's talk about how that happens, who can do it, and where to find them. I'm John Webster, and this is The Hesitant Healer. Greetings and welcome to The Hesitant Healer. I'm John Webster, and I'm here with my faithful, trusty sidekick, Lisa Kay. Say hey, Lisa Kay. Hey, everybody. How's it going? You guys, that's three podcasts in a row. She hasn't blown that segment right there. <laughs> she got it right. Hey, um, we're just going to go right into it. We got a guy who talks funny today. <laughs> and and I would have to say... Wait, that, he talks funny all the time. It's not just today that he talks funny. Well, you know, if you ask him, we, we, <laughs> we talk, talk funny. funny. Oh, got it. Um, water. Water. <laughs> water. Roadies. What's the other thing? Uh not that, not that. Uh, duodenum. 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 Or duodenum, as he says. Anyway, he's from across the pond, but he's over here in the good old U.S. of A. About ready to teach a remote dissection class from North Carolina. And I will go out there on a limb and say, this is my favorite teacher and one of my bestest friends in the whole world. Aww. Today we got Julian Baker, or Jules, from the UK. What's up? Hey, nice to see you. Well, one of you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I don't to say which one. I don't have to say which one. No, you do not. It's nice, to you see, do not. it's nice to see one of you more than the other. So you, you go figure which one I'm, I'm talking to. That's right. Because for those <laughs> listening, we have we, this, this is on Zoom, so I can actually look at their lovely faces, which is... We, we're up on screen so we can see each other, and yeah. this will be the only way we see each other this morning, or this this time that you're here. This morning, he was doing a, a pre-live feed uh, with the partner he's going to introduce us uh, to verbally here this morning, and... Uh, I got a little mention and a little shout out there, but I will tell you if you go to his classes or if you ever see any of his stuff online and he uh, refers to the Iceman, mm -hmm. I am the Iceman. It's Just like saying. this this, uh, this nickname you've, you've kind of given yourself. Um, <laughs> I always think whenever you say this, do you remember the, the, um, the, the episode of you watched The Big Bang Theory um, and Howard's going up into space and he's looking for a really cool... Uh, nickname and uh, and and he he plays Elton John's Rocket Man in the background and while he's playing it his mum sits down and says Harry turn that music down and they go Hey Mummy's boy <laughs> and after that he's called Mummy's boy because but and so the Ice Man is really way too cool for you to have that. <laughs> so. Well, you're the only one that calls me that, so I I take I know, it. I know. So, All right. So, Julian, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? What's your background? You and I have similar backgrounds. Tell everybody why. Yeah. Well, we have a similar background. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. But. <laughs> not, the, not the sexual stuff. <laughs> not, the not the criminal charges. And the, you not know. the criminal no. charges. And I was never, I was never convicted. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 in Scotland, it's called unproven. Um, but it, look, it's, I started out as a chef like you as a cook and, uh, you know, doing all that sort of stuff, cutting, cutting animals up and cooking and standing in funny clothes and chucking food down the line until midnight. And, um, and I think I always say that was my apprenticeship for later on getting into body work because when you're cooking, you, things change. You know, you cook a steak or make a roux for a sauce. It, you feel it change underneath your hands. You know, it's, it's something that's constantly changing and you've got to, there's, a, there's almost a sixth sense about that eventually once 
once you uh, get to do like making hollandaise, you know, there's a point. Is it is it there? Ready, ready, ready. You know, egg yolks. Great example. So yeah, so I did so I did that for a few years, and um, and then I went to live in Australia. I was running a big um, big resort over there, and and uh, and uh, I was also hosting Jelly Wrestling, but that's a completely different story. Um, <laughs> there's probably videos to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> Not in those days. We haven't had video in those days. And um, and then I got into I had a bad neck, and I got into somebody gave me this treatment. I've been doing some reflexology, did a bit of massage. I liked that thing. I liked that feeling of working on living tissue rather than cooking stuff. And um, so somebody gave me a treatment, and I had everything. This neck that I got thrown as doing judo as a kid, and up in the very scapulas and what have you. It was just painful for years, and it used to go. So I'd have these spasms every two or three weeks. And well, it's getting more and more frequent. Um, and one day my neck had gone. I woke up in the morning and this, this buddy that I was sharing a house with said, my girlfriend uh, has, has just done this thing um, and it's called Bowen. And I'm like, ah, okay, whatever. So I went over and she did this really light work on me. And previous to that, everything had been very quite firm and deep touch. And she did basically just bugger all. I mean, she sort of touched me a little bit and left the room. And I thought she had a bladder problem or She's an alcoholic. I don't know what's going on, but you know, <laughs> so it didn't really fit in with my idea of what body work was. Put it that way. Right. Um, and uh, and so I walked out the same amount of pain as I walked in, and um, which I now know is kind of okay. It's kind of normal. And um, yeah, it was it was really weird. But the next day, it had gone completely. I mean, it was that was it. You know, really? Like ninety percent gone. Within two days, it had gone again, and it never came back. I mean. It came back a little bit and the stiffness and the soreness and if I'm sort of standing up all day or what have you, I, I get a bit of an ache in that area. But I'd never have that. I've never had that spasm again um, in normal phrases. You know, like I, I mean, I fell off. I fell 15 feet off a plumbing wall last week and uh, to all intents and purposes, I should have had a, uh, a big whiplash in that area, but I didn't. So that kind of led me down that, that route. I sort of I, I learned it. It was really badly taught in those days. Learned it in Australia, came back to the UK, brought it back to the UK. There was nobody doing it. Um, got a write-up in a paper. A journalist wanted to write about something different. So she wrote about this in about 1994, I think it was. And, and it just went mad. It just went, we had 10,000 people write, write, write to me um, to find out about this stuff. We didn't have any therapists. It was just me that taught about 20 people. So it was all a bit crazy. But then what, what went on from there was that I, I was done, I, you know, I was a chef. I didn't know much about anatomy of anything. Um, and it wasn't certainly part of the training. So I was trying to catch up, you know, reverse catch up as it were. And I, um, but the anatomy, it's like, if I touch this, what happens? That kind of thing. You know, why does I, t I work on this bit and then something else changes? None of those answers were out there. None of that stuff was out there. And, uh, you know, if I see the head is in one position, how does that load through the feet? And, and I can see that instinctively, but there was just nothing written down. And all the anatomy was all right. Well, here's the muscles. Here's this muscle, this muscle, this muscle. Wait, what year was this? Uh, well, I mean, 1994 was the whole business kicked off. So I came back to Australia with my daughter, um, my, my ex-wife, my daughter, in 92. When was, when was Piers born? 93. So I came back with her in 92. And then the Bowen, the Bowen teaching business kicked off in 94. And I don't even know how those people sat through my bullshit because – I didn't know my ass from my elbow, almost literally. You know, I mean, I could probably have pointed to one or the other, but I, I had no idea. You know, I was just making shit up. Um, <laughs> and, or saying, I, I, have, I don't know, you know just, this is what I know. This is, and I think it was the fact that I didn't really make stuff up and go, I don't really know this enough. 
Um, and um, if somebody was cleverer than me, I go, you're cleverer than me. You know, what do you do? Good luck to you. Um, and I'd go away and learn it. You know, so um, so it was a good few years, and I was I was playing catch up with with anatomy and physiology, which didn't make any sense to body work. And then I met the 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 the, the man that I met you through, um, who was Gil. You know, I'm afraid to talk about Gil. And um, Gil was running this class in San Francisco, and I I, I just thought I had to go, so I sort of upped and went over to San Francisco, 2006 or seven, I think that was. And um, so your first one, like, yeah, I think it was 2006. Yeah, 2006, 2007 was my first one, and I was like, that was the game show. I'd seen his DVDs, and uh, on fast forward, you know what girls like. So uh, doesn't doesn't use two words where 300 will do, you know. <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything. To, you know, you know, Gill's Gill's got a, a lot to say. You know, and and he does, and he does, yeah. Um, and I think for me, I, I love Gill's work, but it was very poetic. You know, the whole thing about Gill was opening the heart experience, and and it, it it didn't really hang anything on. Like if I'd said to him, like, why are we why are we feeling these changes and what's going on? He didn't have that that sort of science that was going he, on. He about uses that. a lot of open open-ended questions yeah yeah and that's great you know and he, uses, and he does a lot of poetry and and that's that's he's all about opening the heart and and uh, that's great but it's um and it was a starting point for me so i brought gil over i said do you want to come to, to london and he went yeah sure because he's and he learned to say yes to everybody on the basis that nobody would ever come through with anything so, and so about six months later i've got some bodies come to london he's like shit so he came to london in 2008 and we started working together about 10 years and um, you know, I was setting his classes up. We did St Andrews, and and then we did the six weeks in San Francisco that I met you, and it was running around for him. Yeah, that was twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah, the Human Atlas. So I I've been working Gil for seven at seven or eight years when when that happened, um, and and sort of quite involved with with his work and um, and him coming to England and you know, back and forth, a lot of filming for him, um, and also learning my way of of of, of dissecting and explaining things so you know trying to trying to get into you know, what's happening happening so the dissection and then uh i think it's 2016 maybe 15 16 i thought I, I gotta formalize this because the academics in england through dissection they didn't really know how to deal with me gil has got away with it with his phd which is in religious ethics but of mm -hmm. course he was dr Will headley and nobody really scratches the surface so he got away with you know being in their club and I and I never had. So the academics were like, well, what are we going to do with this guy? You know, he wants to rent our spaces and do dissection, which isn't within the sphere of medical learning. And um, so I, I took myself to university. I did a, done a, a, a Bachelor of Science, which finishes next year. Um, and that then encompasses in health sciences, the cell biology, the immune system, what's going on. And, you know, it, and of course, that all happened in the middle of COVID. And, and my modus operandi was to bring people into a classroom and teach them dissection, um, which, of course, has logistics and geography and people being in the same place at the same time. Of course, lockdown happened. I'm like, shit, what happens now? And um, so I started doing these little webinars for a few few bucks for people just to sort of get everybody through. Nobody had any money. Right. Nobody was out of work all of a sudden. And then we tried to get something together in Colorado and um, – before, hadn't we, sort of to, 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 to generate a bit of interest. And I, I was due to come back to Colorado in, I think it was, was it September or something like 2020. 
um and um and that didn't really happen and um and then lisa found this place in vegas and said do you want to come to vegas i'm like well what am i going to do there <laughs> um, and i've got this i've got this little bit of kit that i that i'd sort of invested in i thought okay well shit, let's give it a go and so i went over there with my little ace hand and like a couple of cameras and 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 sort of invented it from the ground up as i have done for right. so many times before in so many things like the barn or the kitchens or restaurants and like, I, I love what i do it and um and, and that was the first one we did this sort of live stream and it changed a lot because you realize now that like you can take this thing and you can show the world in close-up um and you can only bring 20 people at a time maybe tops into a into a dissection but you can bring 20 million into the dissection when you've got cameras right. around so right um and it, it was it was transformational it was amazing to do that and to see that and um you know lugging big suitcases around the world with cables in it is, is, is yeah you must be, you thing. must be famous at tsa <laughs> i have i have have clearance pre-entry thank god and i walk through an airport and i'm i'm landing to the other side of the of the desk i'm out in 15 minutes so you know. nice well during during covid the world can now know i mean for you to get into the country during that you had to fly to the bahamas i had to fly to barbados, barbados. You know, barbados. So stay there for a month right yeah, yeah, three weeks it was. And yeah. then and then come through Florida and then go through that process again and then get to Vegas. And that was just to do the one class. And we were in Vegas for a month. To me, uh, the difference is Gil has always been artistic. And to me, you're, you're very much more scientific. But you're also artistic or artistic? Practical. And, and I love uh, the way that you challenge vernacular, you know? Let's let's adjust the psoas, you know. And your first words are bullshit. That's not what you're doing, right? Well, do you know what? I think I think there's a couple of things. Firstly, I want it to be I want it to be practical. I don't just want it to be an experience. I want I want the the gift of the donor to, you know, they've they, they've given their body up so that we can learn something. Now you can go and learn anatomy from better people than me. I'm not a, I'm not the person to teach you classical anatomy to make you pass exams that's not what i'm that's not what I'm, i do i mean i know my way around but right. that's not really where i'm at um and then i also want it to be i want it to be so that so that the the, the massage therapist the manual therapist is standing in a room with a client can can think about what they've seen and then can apply that that picture to the body that they're working on the the, the body that the donor has given them that we've managed to take apart and go look look at the depth of it look how far it is and you know, give them a visual experience so they can then go, huh, maybe there's that that's that I can feel. So there's a practical application of what it is that they're doing on, on with that client. And I to me that's really what I what I felt was uh wasn't with Gil because he wasn't a practicing therapist. You know, he wasn't he didn't have a practice. So it's understandable what you know what would how would he do that? He'd done some some role filming stuff. Um and then I didn't I didn't have a, a specific I wasn't doing it for Bowen, although you know I can explain Bowen a lot better. And that's why I didn't have a, a theory or a, a, a method to sell, you know, like Tom and his anatomy trains or, you know, anybody else. I'm not specifically selling a dissection experience to support the theory of a practice. I'm just going, hey, look, right. this is, this is, isn't this interesting? So I'm going to do some cupping. Well, do I believe in cupping? I think it's interesting, but, but I'm not selling cupping. I'm just saying, this is what happens. You stick right. a needle in and you put a microscope on it. This is what's happening with a needle. Yeah. Um, and then I also just, I want to sort of challenge, if you like, or, or just certainly question the narrative and the 
and the terminology that we have, like you mentioned, the idea of release. And we have a lot of stuff like fascial release. And what do we mean by that? What does that actually mean or look like? Um, right. We had a conversation with an esthetician this morning. I'm going to do some classes for her next year. Um, and she was doing a lot of facial stuff and, and, and facial, not fascial. And um, she had that exact comment. She goes, well, I saw this thing on a video where they were they were doing this and they said they were moving the fascia. And I went, <laughs> no. no. We're, we're, we're going to have a conversation. conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. Um, I mean, I get it. I get, I get, I know what people mean and stuff. And my problem, and people say, well, does it matter? And the trouble is, is that, you know, I walk, somebody called me, referred to me kind of like a shaman recently. And I, and I, and I quite like the principle because I walk between two worlds, you know, on the one hand, you know, spent three decades within the, the manual therapy business, the complementary therapy, the, the esoteric side of things. Um, and, uh, so I, so I know that world. I, I, I get it. I don't necessarily understand it all the time because I think some of it's absolute batshit. But, um, and then on the other side of things and, and within that, you then got a whole bunch of people that are very, uh, skeptical. They use the, the phrase big pharma and then you have the anti-vaxxers and you have all that kind of stuff in there. Um, which is which is based around a belief system rather than necessarily the the actuality of what's going on. If this is controversial to your listeners, then great. But you just spend the last two years studying this shit, and it's hard, you know. And I was wrong about my views in the past about that subject. And so you have this sort of baby out with the bathwater that's very science skeptic, and I think it's very it's it's happening everywhere. It's particularly strong in the states. The sort of the the science skepticism, the, 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 the climate change, all that kind of stuff, skepticism. Right. And it's not based on a good understanding of the science. If it was, then I'd, I'd be okay with it. And then on the other hand, end of the scale, you've got the sort of the, the, the dyed-in-the-wall academic medical practitioners who are going anything that's not evidence-based, anything that's not within our sphere of reference is all, uh, it is all quackery and, and, and bullshit and bogus. And, of course, there are problems with, within all of that. So, so there's a truth. And the polarization is is so far apart that I walk between that line, and I try to want to bang the heads of both worlds together a little bit. Right. Somewhere in the middle, we've got a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge and a lot of science that we can all apply. In the um, meantime, and, we're we're yeah. touching people and just trying to make them better and, and make heads or tails Precisely. of both those worlds. Yeah, what are we doing? Does it mean? Does it make any difference whether we press somebody hard or not? And the chances are probably not. You know, no. is, deep, is deep tissue a thing? Probably not. But as a, as a visual learner, and I, I tell this story a, a lot, is is 18 years ago when I went to massage school and I took my first anatomy class, uh, I, I ran out of the room crying when I when I took my first test because I failed it. I, I just couldn't grasp the words. And and to be in a room with you and, and see through a microscopic, a microscopic camera... camera what a a acupuncture needle does to fascia when you twist it and the differences between two different kinds of needles was something I'd never get to see anywhere else in the world. Um, I don't think there's a greater testament, testament to the way that you teach than for me to say the hepatic artery, <laughs> the portal vein, and the common bile duct. <laughs> what are those things? That is the hepatic. Uh, Hepatic triad. Triad. The hepatic triad. You, no. just, you no. just got your you just got your your school your classmate to help you. You you <laughs> failed. You flunked that test again because I would have got it. She just doesn't know how to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You asked Thanks her. for that. 
But li- listen, and and for those listening, it took three dissections for him to get that through my through my thick skull. And the last time he made me dissect those damn things apart and learn them, and I could not leave that body until I learned those things. But that's how I learned, right? That's the thing that made the yeah, most. Yeah, I think sense. I think I think for, for, for John's Sally to a lesson was was to, for me to to get John to sort of. To, to, to stop and, and slow down and enjoy the journey rather than get to the end of this thing that hacking his way through the, the foot or whatever it is to, to finish the dissection and go, there, I finished. And then when you say to him, like, what have you learned along the way? You go, ah, you know, and so to sort of hold him back a little bit, sort of, I, I always I tell the story that when I was a, when my, my son was little and he'd come back from, from kindergarten, from three or what have you, sometimes he'd bring these beautiful pictures up you know, and like all the colors were really lovely and vibrant. And um, I mean, you know, he's talentless, of course, but all three of three years up. And then sometimes it would just be this sort of browny, sludgy bit of paper. And one day <laughs> I noticed it was, it was the same the same supervisor. And I said, are you, are you an art student? Are you you know, you interested? She says, no, I just know when to take the paper away from them, you know, and give them a new bit of paper. Otherwise, they just keep going. And I think that's the same, like, because with the dissection process, it's so mesmeric that sometimes you forget to take a step back and, have a little look at what you're doing or work out what you're doing or, or, or understand the process. You're so caught up in what you're doing that you forget to sort of smell the roses along the way, which is a poor choice of phrase. But, you know, I, just, um, I just sent this to my kids. I saw it on the internet uh, about an hour ago. It says, prepare your kids for social media by putting their artwork on the fridge and writing a bunch of mean comments underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's great. It's like it's like somebody said said. Do you remember when you used to take a picture of your lunch and then run down with the film to the chemist and then put it in the chemist and then wait for ten days and then get the pictures back and then take them back and show them to all your friends what you had for lunch? No, neither did I. <laughs> so true. Stop it. So true. Uh, but I want to go back because at the beginning you you said about the name of the ice man. I want to wanted to explain as to why I've given you the name of the why I gave you the name of the ice man or why you've given yourself the name of the ice man and asked me to say that about you, which is really sad. But so, I, I want to. So not true. Kind of pathetic. So um, there were other people in the this, room. They know. <laughs> the, reason, the reason this comes up is because um, uh, we. I, I always say that sort of say that it's. Uh, we talk about the iliotibial band in this respect, and that that when you see dissection, when you see the muscle charts or what have you, they're they're a sculpture. They're a work of art. They are a huge amount of work that's gone in to make those dissections, those set piece dissections that you see around the pelvis and in the in the books and stuff. It's going to take you ten days to to get to those and holding things back and to make, make it look like the picture. picture to make, to make it, it look, look like the picture. picture. Yeah, yeah, to make it look like the picture. It's it's really hard work. Um, and so they're sculptures. And when you see something like an iliotibial band, you know, and I think this goes back to I can't remember it was you or somebody else in the section. Like the skin came off and the superficial fascia, the, the underlying adipose tissue came off, and it was like, well, where's the iliotibial band? It's like, well. You haven't made one yet. So like, what do you mean? Well, you've got to take all that white stuff that wraps around the leg and, uh, you know, that, that you've got to then sort of create this, this, um, this, this, this image. And so I, I saw your pictures that you had of, of the ice carvings that you do, of, of, you know, with the chainsaw and shit, and you, you made a, a swan out of, uh, of ice. And I said to you, um, how, do you how do you carve a swan out of ice? And uh, in, in typical stupid answer, quite fashion, <laughs> you said, 
<laughs> you know, you'd like to think this was this was a wise Buddha, but it wasn't. It was just a smart ass answer. But you know, it was like you said, <laughs> it's the truth. Easy. It's it's the truth. But you know, you'll hear the answer of it that you just take a block of ice and you cut away everything that doesn't look like a swan. That's ice carving in a nutshell. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so infuriating as an answer, but but it's kind of like that's the same. Yeah, yeah, same. you use it every class. You use it every time because, because, and I also kind of portray you as, as a bit of a, a California star and like, wow, man, you just take a block of ice and cut away. And so when I do an impression of you, Everybody sort of gets this idea that you're just a stoner and, you know, like, <laughs> so, you know, so, well, hey, the thing is, man, you just take you a block of like ice and you cut away all the shit that doesn't look like a swan. <laughs> and, um, but, but that's the thing. How do you make an iliotibial band? You, you know, you take a leg and you cut away everything that doesn't look like an iliotibial band. You leave the iliotibial band behind you. And so you get this idea that there's a structure. And then people start to do stuff. They start to do um measurements on it and they test it and uh you know and it's it's kind of you know it's it's bonkers because all that stuff that's around it all that stuff that's attached to it this part of it is still functional it's still you know the, the leg can't operate with just the iliotibial band on it right you know there isn't a thing called the iliotibial band there's a thing that is the iliotibial band which is connected to the fascia lata which forms the anterior posterior and other compartments of the leg and but nobody does it like that, like an ITB. And then people are doing foam rolling on the ITB. It's like, well, this is just ridiculous. It's bullshit. Yeah. Very true. Yep. Um, uh, did you so what I, what I started doing recently was, uh, have you seen my new series, We're Not a Collection of Parts? I just heard so about it today. I, yeah, I've probably live. seen a, lot, a couple that you've put out. I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah, I've, I've only done about four or five, but if, I, I just thought I'd only do something regular i'm not going to do a podcast because mm -hmm. everybody's doing podcasts and uh so but also a lot of my stuff is visual so i'm going to I do a half an hour live on a thursday night and um sort of just um talking about a particular subject this week's the momentum last week was of the deep neck and whiplash um and the reason i say this apart from to publicize what i'm doing is is, is also because when i was looking at the whiplash what i what i saw was a paper where they taken nine cadavers and they'd taken the section of the middle part of the neck out and then they'd stripped away all the muscle and then they'd strapped it to a trolley with a 5.5 kilo what they called a surrogate head i.e., not a head and they strapped this steel kilo 5.5 kilos weight on the head they put all sensors through the bones of the neck and then they put it on a, a what's what they call a trauma trolley and uh, and they sort of slammed this thing repeatedly at different angles measured the trauma to the cervical spine the bones no now we yeah now we understand whiplash oh my goodness and that that's going to end up being gospel oh that's well crazy. yeah it is i mean it's peer-reviewed it's been published in journal of biomechanics it's been cited in you know 45 56 other other papers and this is a problem that we have with both science and evidence and, and classical anatomy and, and the regionalization of it. And right. they've literally taken out all the stuff that causes the problem in the first place. Yeah, all the soft tissue's gone. It was just about the, about the action. But even then, you've got the cervical spine. It's like, well, you've got these six or seven bones and you've got, you've got the standardized weight on top of it, the, a surrogate head, i.e. not a head, and, um, and on a trauma problem. And none bad. of that takes into, into, into account consciousness or anything that might have happened prior to that trauma wow attention 
And don't forget, you know, that all tension in the human body isn't coming from the structure. It's coming from the nervous system sending signals to make it to make that tension happen. Because the moment which I put it, a bullet, which in you've your taken head, out completely in this test. Yeah, what? the moment I put a bullet in your head, all your tension goes away. You know, so. And that goes back to like, you know, you have you compare two accidents and one guy was drunk and the other guy was not. And the guy who was not is going to most likely have a bigger injury because he tensed drunk guy. See what I mean? Drunk guy. Okay, stop. Drunk guy was super relaxed, which is probably why he got in the, the accident. So the, the, the tension in the body when the injury happened is huge. That's a big part yeah. of it. Yeah, it's massive. It's that 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 the, the the impact of our tension. We talk about muscular tension. Muscles don't have any tension inherently by themselves. They only have tension. Same with fascia, you know the, the, the there isn't any fascia that is independent. It doesn't exist by itself. It, and it exists to do a job, which is to support structures around it, but it doesn't have an independent tension. Right. And the tension only comes from the input it's giving it. It's like it's like like TV. You know, it's just a lump of plastic and glass unless you've got a signal and some electricity going to it. The same thing as a human body. Right. You know, dead people right. can't sit up or stand up. We've we've we, you know I mean I think the last class we did was a a great example and i and i had a dream i woke up at four o'clock in the morning on our last day remember that john and uh, we're in vegas and i'm like I've, I've had a i've had a dream and i wanted to sit we'd been given a um uh, an unfixed oh uh, yeah and I, I wanted to see with the range of movements of the shoulder and she was unfixed unembalmed and um, i don't tend to like working with that tissue because it, it tends to fall apart a bit quickly and i don't think it's a right. reliable representation of human form and we, we tried to sort of imagine it, how we would be able to sit this lady up and then move her around with her head. We, it didn't we really work out. The whole prop, yeah, we couldn't quite get it. But you're on to something. I mean, I would love to see that because uh, I was talking to somebody not too long ago. It's like, first you have to imagine embalmed and then you have to imagine unembalmed. And now, like I got to see him at the coroner's office. They just passed yesterday. So they're full of blood and all the liquid and, and haven't decomposed yet. And now take that leap of the heart's beating and everything's coursing through. Now touch them. And you and those are those are four different bodies. But you have to be able, in your mind, to be able to put all those things together. Because what you've seen in the embalmed one still has to come through in the live person with all the stuff in there. Sure, but there's embalming and there's embalming. But the point the point about it was was that, you know, this lady wasn't able to cooperate. You know, she she had no tension to be able to say, Well, I'm gonna sit upright or hold my head in one yeah, position yeah, yeah. or you know, and that yeah. that's the point, is that no amount of what we were doing could make that better. Yeah. Literally a dead weight and it'll slide off the chair. And so that that that's gone the moment you breathe out and don't breathe in again. That's gone. You know, that tension's gone. So the only thing that comes from that is neural input. It comes from the brain, down the spine, out to your periphery. And so if I come up and I put my hand on your shoulder and I go, okay, and I interfere with that signal, that's what changes it. So it, that's electrical signals. It's called, you know, it's called a frequency. You know, action potentials through the body. And that's when I first learned that. I'm like, wow. So it doesn't make any difference whether I poke you in the shoulder or whether I give you a hug? And the answer is probably not. It's about the context in which I do it. Ah, that's amazing. So well, especially with him. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we tell a story you know john come people come to you john they're in pain and you ha hang out with them and you you're intuitive you can see where to work and you can see that it's not in the same area and you 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 rub them poke them prod them whatever it happens to be um and they they're already self-selecting so they believe in that and you're a nice guy and 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 so you know they're paying money for it so they're, they're, and they're invested on so many different levels that that you know we and we call that therapy or healing and touch is incredibly powerful we know yeah. that but i think what we've done is we've commodified that touch over the last 40 50 years because we don't touch each other generally as humans and we have a whole sexualization and a whole suspicion of it and so we we're societies that are full of anger and rage because nobody touches us except when we when you pay for it whether that be sexually or in a, in a relationship that is now imbued with all kinds of um different energies or or when we go and we have a massage therapist and we can look at the anger in societies and see that around the world and we've just come through an unprecedented time of a couple of years where even more of that was exacerbated where People were isolated even more, and we're still seeing a lot of those effects as uh, clients are coming in. They were isolated and they didn't touch. We've also got we've also got situations whereby you know where uh, touch has been um, used abused in, in terms of power, and there's power yeah. differentiation yeah. Uh, over the world. And we sort of you know all kind of give you a hug, and then there's everything else that turns into that. You know, we've had those conversations. The morning show, remember that, Lisa? We watched. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, um, about the the whole idea of the the use of power, even when it's not conscious, and so touch get plays into that. And yet, we know that all the studies have told us that it reduces infection, that um, it reduces time spent in in ICUs. That it, it, you know, um, there is so many things. You're not that kind of touch. It's just stuck as a finger in my It's so childish. That's why I'm friends with you. <laughs> He's like, I've got, I've got a video of you going. Well, I, was, I was setting my cameras, and I've just got this video of you just pulling faces in the camera, and it's so you. You're such like this, you know, this special gonna, naughty. Kid. I'm going to need that video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're not getting that. It's funny. So yeah. So it's it's, it, and we've seen this. We've seen this this way that that, but we know that touch is is so powerful and yet there is no healthcare system in the western world that has touch as a as a part of primary care you know instead we're hooked on 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 medication it's it's right. crazy and segmenting the body out yeah um it we just had a conversation with a uh, therapist a psychotherapist who was talking about the next wave that she sees coming in therapy because she was saying you know we we haven't had a huge change in what we do to make people feel better in 50 years and she was talking about somatics um she was talking about touch and talk and um, the power of that and how she sees that as the next wave. And it so makes so, so, so much sense um, to, and like you said, we have segmented that out. You know, if I'm depressed, I go and see a therapist. If my shoulder hurts, I go and see a shoulder specialist. If I have a problem with my foot, I see a podiatrist. Now, it's all connected. We know that it is all one, but nobody is talking about how it is all, all, all connected. So, but you know, the bonkers thing is, is that when you when you go and see your psychotherapist, when you sit down, you, you know, my own therapy, I'm having counseling, what have you, and the therapist says, "How do you feel?" Actually, what they mean is, "How do you think?" And uh -huh. they're, they're two very different things. 
because how do you feel is a, is a physical perspective. The brain has no sensory nerve on it. Right. We, we, you know, the moment we feel, if I say to you, uh, you know, John stuck a, gave you a wet willy, he stuck his finger in your ear, how do you feel about that? You know, and you, you, might, you might go, well, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a, a, a dreadful breach of our friendship and trust. And, and yeah, but that's how you think, you know, but how do you feel? And you might go, oh, I quite liked it. No. Here, let's try it again. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's well, not. I felt, I felt sick really to my feel. stomach. I felt, I felt sick to myself. So, but these are physical, these are physical symptoms. And so often when we're talking, when we're talking with clients, you might go, oh, well, you know, I went through a divorce. Well, how, okay, how, does, how do you feel about that? And they go, oh, well, he says, no, that's, that's you thinking. You're starting to think your feelings. Right. And if we stay in our body and then we apply touch to that, then, yeah, it's, it's, it's enormous. Because right. the moment, you know, you watch somebody, the moment they start to talk about either their ex or, or, or their, you know, their, their parent or something stressful, they change their physical language. So they, you know, they are embodying their emotional experience. What is a body? A body is designed to, to a vehicle to carry us emotionally. And you know, 96% of our communication is nonverbal. And, right. and watch somebody, even the phone, you know, they're giving somebody directions and they're saying, they're waving their hands down the street, turn left. And right. Right. That's so true. So if as therapists, we can, we can pick where somebody holds this, come and say, yeah, I've got this shoulder, and then they talk right. about something else. We can see how they move around the subjects and how these things come into their bodies. And you know, it's, these, aren't, these aren't anatomical or physiological experiences. Like, they're like trigger points or meridians. These are lived experiences. They're not things right. that you can point in a, in a donor and go, oh, look, this is, the, this is where they had their – you know, this is where they had their childhood anger or what have you. Right. It work like that. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 it's a lived experience. Correct. Correct. You go. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> um, so give us the information about what you, what you got going on. How do they get a hold of you? I'm running a, I'm running a scar tissue human session. It's about, uh, for anybody that's worked, if anybody's a manual and movement therapist in they who works with anybody that's got scarring, and that's everybody because the basis of scarring isn't just necessarily surgical scarring, but you sprain your ankle or you know pull a hamstring, you've got the same principle of tissue repair going on. So scarring, we're talking about scarring, we're talking about tissue repair, we're talking about surgical scarring, um, and I'm running that as a live stream from the 10th to the 13th of October. Um, and it's uh, all the sessions recorded, so that's going to go out. Uh, I think it's going to go out about eight o'clock UK time, so at various times, it's Greenwich Mean Time. Um, and all the sessions recorded, and you get lifetime access for that. Um, so I know some how people will do sessions. Uh, it's three twenty-five, but it, for people listening to your podcast, I, I'm going to I'm going to throw a hundred dollars off the price of that. So oh I'm gonna, my! Yeah, so I'll bring that down to to what's what's that say two seventy five pounds two fifty something like that two fifty pounds. So thank you. You know what? Let's call it two twenty five. I, I I'm feeling so generous. You are. Oh, wow. Thank you. Two twenty five. I'm take I'm take a hundred pounds off that for listeners to the podcast. If you want to, um, but you have to use the code. Okay. Iceman. Iceman. Okay. Nice. You use the code. Iceman, because I'm just pandering to this obsession that you have. <laughs> and, uh, use the code Iceman. So if you sign up, and this is at functionalanatomy.com? Functionalanatomy.com. 
Um, Functionalanatomy.com, and you're going to use the code ICEMAN. Yeah. That's so funny. He's very hard to live with anyway, so thank you for that. We've just uh, added my, to that. My head's not going to fit through the door after this. And I'm sure that I'm sure that if either of your listeners want to use that, then they'll have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jillian. I'd, I'd say my mom is going to be very happy, but my mom is dead. <laughs> oh. My mom's not. You, do you want mine? When we, when, we, <laughs> when we finish this, I'm going to tell you a funny story about this. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, and then first, so the first few nights I'm doing not a collection of parts because the body is not a collection of parts. Um, and that goes out live every Thursday. It's free, and um, you can catch up. It's half an hour. I keep it to, you know, keep it up to that. And then it's, um, all the previous episodes are um, on the website, functionalanatomy.com. It goes live stream on YouTube and on Facebook page as well, simultaneously or simultaneously, if you like. And I'm open to ideas or suggestions. If everybody wants to suggest a bit of the body to, to look at, then we'll certainly have a look at that. So. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Le- Lisa's got a part of the body she wants to look at. Stop it. <laughs> Has she now? Is it, is it your face with a brick on it? <laughs> Thanks. Sometimes. Thanks. Um, Julian, we miss you terribly, and we thank you so much. It's been too long. It's been too long. Yeah. It has, and I, I made a decision this morning when I was longing. In fact, after your your uh, live stream this morning, I texted Lisa and said, I need to bitch for a few minutes because I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And I, I just I couldn't get away. We need to, whatever you plan for the next one you do, I don't care where it is, I need to be able to go because I've got that itch, and I, I need to get into a body, and I need to hang out with you. I heard he was going to go to Antarctica. Are you up I'm for- down. Okay. All right. That'd be an adventure. Any place with Julian is an, <laughs> adventure, an adventure and a party. <laughs> we don't even need a dead body. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I am doing a, I'm doing an in-person class in Poland next year. Um, so that'll be uh, beginning of July, so first week of July. So yep. um, My birthday's coming up. Will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's Poland, July. Kind of cool. And then, yeah, I just need need a you know hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars, and we'll open our own lab in, in the UK. Nice, I'm in. I have to say, um, Julian is one of the smartest people I think I've ever met, and uh, oh, and uh, engaging. And I uh, am not a body worker, but uh, being able to just kind of hang out in the room, I learned so much. And uh, I so appreciate that experience that we've had. So thank you, thank you. again. Yeah. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I think, <laughs> I think my, my shtick is to try and keep, to try and take, you know, reasonably complex subjects and make them approachable and easy to understand and engaging and, you know, and uh, humorous. Um, Right, because life's too short not to laugh at people like John. Yeah, Very if you uh, if you ever meet Julian in person, ask him to tell you a dirty joke. <laughs> you you'll get one. All right, my brother, thank you very much. We love you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vani. Love you too. Good luck with your live stream. So there it is. That was the famous Julian Baker. Always entertaining, always a wealth of knowledge. You know, I, I need to tell you, listener, um, that was pretty tame. Yes. Because uh, when we're together, it's nonstop hijinks and a lot of back and forth and the insults fly and they're always hilarious. They are. They are. It's it's not a good time if somebody doesn't get their feelings hurt. <laughs> For sure. Very sure. But but I, I agree. One of the most knowledgeable, smartest guys I've ever met. 
we got together like peas and carrots, and and our filthy human, our filthy humor really worked together, uh, like puzzle pieces, and mm-hmm. um, we work well together mm-hmm. on a cadaver as well. That's right. And uh, I will tell you, listener, that the content he's talking about, the filming and the filmography and the work that we did when we were in uh, Las Vegas a couple years ago, and what he continues to do. There, there is no dissection filming like this on the planet. He's Correct. gone out of his way. He's a tinkerer right. who likes to play with uh, equipment to make this stuff work. So the sound is top-notch. The shots are top-notch. The lighting is top-notch. I've been in the room with him. There were two or three of us that, that all knew how to work these things. And, and if you ever get a chance or you want to see a dissection class without the smell mm-hmm. and without the body in the room, but right. you want to learn about anatomy, go to Functional Anatomy right. and, and look his stuff up. Correct. And just to uh, reiterate, we want you to, if you're interested in seeing one of these uh, live, because he's doing a live stream next week, you want to go to functionalanatomy.com. And he generously mm-hmm. is taking $100 off his asking price because of us and our podcast here. And if you use the code name ICEMAN, that's a capital I-C-E-M-A-N, then you will get 100 bucks off. And listen, he does not do that for anybody. Ever. Really. <laughs> so that was super generous. If you're, if you're interested at all in dissection or learning about dissection. And what he also offers, which is very different than most of the people that are doing this, is that once you buy into this, you get lifetime access. It doesn't cut off off after 30 days. It doesn't cut off after 60 days. You get lifetime access to go back and use this knowledge that you've learned, which I have found to be of the utmost importance in the work that I do. So like he said, if you're a body worker, a a massage therapist, Pilates, yoga, esthetician, any kind of thing that works on a body or a person that has to do with movement, this is the the class for you if you want to learn about anatomy. And this guy is the most knowledgeable, scientific anatomist in the world that I know, and I know a few of them. So... Uh, please take advantage of this because uh, it doesn't happen every day. And can I just add? Please it, do. It's it's a hundred pounds British, so I'm not quite sure what the exchange rate. Well, I think is. he said I think he said 125 pounds, which is a hundred dollars. But he's okay. He's given, right. he's given us a pretty it's, decent it's, discount. It's significant, and uh, we are very thankful that he he would do that for you, our listeners. Yep. So that's all we got for this week. Really appreciate you listening. Love you guys. Have a wonderful day. You know, we just heard from Jesse today, who was the uh, ayahuasca uh, segment that we had a few uh, a few weeks back. Uh-huh. And um, when she got the link, she sent it to her friends and she sent it to her family and said, share it with others if you want to listen. Right. Um, I would encourage you all to take this link and share it with somebody. Uh, and like Julian told us, he, he doesn't really tinker with uh, with podcasts much. So mm-hmm. you kind of have, sometimes you have to feed somebody the podcast link right. and give it to them or show them how to do it. Uh, I wasn't a podcast guy for a long time and right. now I'm kind of hooked. Right. So um, if you have friends that you will find uh, that would find this podcast interesting, mm-hmm. please send it to them and, and give us a little shout out. We appreciate it. Yeah. Until then... Please, y'all, have a good a good day. And be good humans. And go hug a puppy and, and pet a tree. <laughs> Peace out, dogs. Bye.